Hello friends, Laura Johnson here from Tickle.life and this is Mindful Sex Ed Back to Basics. This is the podcast where we break up myths and build up facts about sex. And as always, I am joined by my incredible co-host, the Tickle.life in-house sex educator, Lulu Batista. How are you doing today, Lulu? Hey everybody, doing okay. Happy to see you. Yeah, happy to be back. So we had to take a little bit of a hiatus due to like work and life circumstances, but we are happy to be back and to provide some great content for you. As always, yes. <laughs> so today we are talking about asexuality. We're going to define it, talk about some misconceptions, and also share some resources. And before we get into it, just as a disclaimer, we are not doctors, therapists, or lawyers. So if you are having any medical, mental health, or legal issues, please seek a qualified professional. And as I said before, we're going to share all of the resources that we use to put together the episode in our show notes. Yes. Great. Okay. So what is asexuality? So this definition comes from LGBTQ Hero. And they say that asexuality is a term used to describe people who experience little to no sexual attraction. It can be used as an identify itself, excuse me, as an identity itself, as well as an umbrella term for anyone who identifies along the asexual spectrum. Asexuality is often shortened to ace, and I'll be saying ace throughout the episode, with asexual people calling themselves aces. Aces probably represent about 1% of the population. Asexuality is the opposite of something called allosexuality, and allosexuality describes regularly experiencing sexual attraction regardless of sexual orientation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So are you, have you been familiar with the term asexuality, Lulu? Yes. Yeah. The um, allo one, I think I've maybe sprinkled her at it, but not so much. Obviously, you know, we have to dive in and get our feet wet with that in another time. But what I see now, what I hear from the younger generation, they, they throw it around a lot. They do throw they do throw that and then pansexual around quite a bit. And I'm just not sure they really grasp the concept. So I'm hoping that, you know, with this episode and with other episodes that they're able to get more of an understanding of what exactly they're identifying themselves at um, and if they're misdike misgrouping themselves <laughs> if you will sure. yeah you know because a lot of these definitions have i mean pansexuality and asexuality are kind of opposite ends of the, the spectrum maybe but you know there is a lot of overlap between these definitions and for me as well like allosexuality was entirely new term for me and so putting together this episode there was just so many different terms and uh, we are trying to be as comprehensive as possible, but we don't want to overwhelm you with a bunch of different terminologies. Yeah. So the resources that we're sharing like go through all of the different types of romantic orientations, uh, sexuality spectrum, all of that stuff, um, if you want to learn more. So speaking of the sexuality spectrum, I'm going to try to describe it as best we can, but I put a link <laughs> in the show. I'll put a link in the, in the show notes you <laughs> <laughs> all can see it. So this also comes from LGBTQ hero. And if you, you know, think of a spectrum as kind of this horizontal bar where you have heterosexual on one end and kind of gay and lesbian on the other end, bisexual is somewhere in the middle. But these are not discrete categories, right? Like people can be placed in any part of that spectrum. 
So you have that on your horizontal axis. Axis. Axis? There we go. Axis. I know math terms. It's fine. <laughs> so you have that on your horizontal axis. And then vertically, you would have a spectrum from asexual kind of on the bottom to allosexual on the top, where you can flip those around. Again, not discrete categories. It's just a way to visualize how these different orientations can be represented and where you can find yourself along this spectrum. So you can identify as allo or ace regardless of your sexual orientation, meaning you could be allosexual and gay or asexual and bi or a whole number of different combination and combinations and identities. So that is quite complex. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a little bit easier if you have um, the graph here. Where I I didn't want to uh, put it in the video because I don't know about the, the copyright stuff, but again, we link yeah. to that page um, in the show notes so you could see it laid out a little bit more clearly. But basically, you know, there's a there's a wide variety of different identities. They can blend into each other. People can identify as different things throughout their lifespan. Um, so just like nothing is concrete. There's a lot of gray area. Yes. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about um, the terms of gray space in just a little bit. So related to asexuality is demisexuality and gray sexuality. And these definitions come from the Asexuality Visibility and Education Network. They're a fantastic resource to learn more about asexuality. So demisexual is someone who can only experience sexual attraction or desire after an emotional bond has been formed or the adjective describing a person as such. This is different from the choice to abstain from sex until certain criteria are met. Um, and for me, I feel like this is the closest to where I fall on the okay. sexuality spectrum. Um, I don't think I, I guess, fit all of the criteria to be considered demisexual, but it's like the closest right. to kind of where I think I am. So I don't always need to have an emotional connection before developing sexual feelings for someone, but it's mm -hmm. pretty rare that I have a, a ton of sexual attraction to someone that I don't have like a pre-established right. emotional bond with. For some people who identify as demisexual, so for example, excuse me, so for example, some people who identify as demisexual don't necessarily have celebrity crushes because they don't, because they haven't met them and therefore they don't have an emotional bond to them. This isn't everyone mm. who identifies as demisexual and crushes aren't necessarily uh, one way to, to judge your orientation, but right. uh, you know, it's, it's one thing that, that did pop up that like having a celebrity crush is not necessarily something that someone who identifies as demisexual has. So for me, like, I don't have a ton of celebrity crushes, um, but the ones, the few that I do have, it's because I, they, they tap into like an emotional connection with me as opposed to just purely physical. Um, so I'm like attracted, I guess, more to the, yeah, to their, their like kindness or their genuineness um, as opposed to just their looks. But yeah, I don't have a ton of celebrity crushes in that, in that regard. Anyway. Uh, you ain't crushing? <laughs> I don't think I have any, actually. <laughs> I have... Alright, so this is my... <laughs> so silly. So, Alright, so I'll give the example of the one that I have. 
it's it's Tom Green. Um, my okay. my my butt is on the cheese. Tom Green, Freddie got fingered. Tom Green, and <laughs> it's it, it's very random. But it, it was triggered because I saw him like get interviewed by Drew Barrymore. I think like early in the pandemic. Okay, and he just spoke like so highly of her and seemingly mm. was very kind and like very genuine and humble. And I'm like, oh, he just seems like a very nice man. And so like, yeah, like I'm physically attracted to him, but there's like that kind of tenderness in his personality that like makes me more attracted to him. Um, I, I was too young to really understand his comedy when he was like at the height in the early 2000s. So okay. Tom Green as like a fifty-year-old man. <laughs> I like. Um, I'm not quite sure about his Freddy Got Fingered days, but there we go. <laughs> I mean, he still has some really good stuff. We'll talk about that after. Yeah, I really don't. <laughs> I'm like, oh, maybe he's cute, but I. Yeah, I feel like the intensity <laughs> of my celebrity crush, like when I was a kid, like I definitely, yeah. you, you become like obsessed with like a celebrity. But yeah, as an adult, yeah, it's, it's like it's not as intense. Yeah, it's different. It, it yeah. You're like, yeah. Mm. Eh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Eh. I can do without it. Or not. Yeah. Eh. But before, yeah, absolutely. When you're younger, you're like, I used to. The ones I crushed on, I had their picture like smeared. Like I would take every magazine pictures all over my wall. They were everywhere. Like mm. now, I'm like all right, yep. Maybe I follow your social media. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. I definitely agree with the category. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if that's you know that would be the criteria right there. No, I don't think so. Right. Okay. So we we could probably do a whole episode on demisexuality because there's a lot mm-hmm. of variation within that categorization right. as well. Um, so if you are if you do identify as demisexual and not everything I'm saying lines up, it just there's just a lot of variation and interpretation of these different subtitles words. of it. Yeah, it, absolutely. Categories, a lot of subcategories. Yes, yes, a lot of subcategories. It's okay. Really general. <laughs> So next we have gray asexual or gray sexual. And this is someone who identifies with the area between asexuality and sexuality or the adjective describing a person as such. Um, For example, they may experience sexual attraction very rarely or only under specific circumstances or or of an intensity so low that it is ignorable and not necessarily in relationships. So, again, it's like, it's, it falls under the spectrum of um, asexuality, and it, it's, yeah, it's kind of somewhere in between. Um, but yeah, so you exist in that, in that gray area, which is, you know, interesting and makes it feel more fluid. Again, these are not, like, discrete categories. Right. Um, of representation. Okay. Hmm. So last up, we have aromantic. And this definition comes from the yeah. L- from the LGBT Center at UNC Chapel Hill. 
Um, aromantic refers to individuals who do not experience romantic attraction towards individuals of any gender or genders. Romantic mm -hmm. attraction is one of many forms of attraction. And so this is where <laughs> right. like, there's, there's a whole bunch of other terms. Somebody's personality, yeah. not mm -hmm. necessarily them, but who they are. Right. Who they, um, aspire to be even how they treat others mm -hmm. how they treat themselves how they carry themselves yeah i've always heard somebody say i'm attracted to that person's confidence mm -hmm. Hmm. yeah their confidence so does look sexy <laughs> 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 not really the person per se everyone's thing but the way that they know that they have it it's like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that like joie that. de vivre yeah yeah it's like, mm -hmm. So, aromantic is part of the ace umbrella, but asexual and aromantic are not interchangeable terms. Um, so, you can be someone who's part of the asexuality spectrum who identifies as both asexual, you know, the absence of sexual attraction, yeah. um, or end aromantic, so you don't experience romantic mm. attraction either, or you could be someone who identifies as just aromantic so you do experience sexual desire and attraction um but you don't necessarily are you're not interested in the romantic part of that um or you can just identify as asexual where you can um still be interested in forming a romantic connection with someone so there are asexual people who are in long-term relationships or are married they just don't have sexual intercourse Right. Yeah. And then... Partnership and arrangement. Exactly. So the asexuality flag, uh, this definition comes from the Grand Rapids Pride Center. The flag consists of four horizontal stripes, black, and then in this order, black, gray, white, and purple, and that's going from top to bottom. The black stripe represents asexuality. The gray stripe represents uh, the gray area between sexual and asexual. The white stripe represents sexuality, and the purple stripe represents community. And then last up, uh, the date, the sorry, International Asexuality Day is April 6th. So if you- Oh, we missed it. I know. Um, but, you know, they, they are still part of the pride spectrum. So pride month is everyone who, who um, identifies as part of the LGBTQ community. So we can still celebrate and be good allies there to our go. asexual friends. There we go. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into some myths and FAQs about asexuality. All right. So the first one is, is asexuality just a phase? So um, I'm going to paraphrase this response from asexuality.org. Um, lots of people, regardless of sexual orientation, go through a period of questioning their orientation. Mm -hmm. And this includes people who identify as ace. So to quote asexuality.org, not everyone knows exactly who or what they are from an early age. According to the 2015 asexual census, over 80% of aces identified as another orientation before identifying as asexual. However, this does not mean that asexuality or any other orientation is quote unquote, just a phase. Like I said before, sometimes people just don't always know 
from an early age as you get exposed mm -hmm. to new terms, new ideas, you know, you, you find communities and groups that fit better with where you're at in your sexual journey. Um, however, if you are unsure and you want to learn more, it doesn't mean that you have to hide your identity, you know, where you are right now. Um, you can talk to people from the ACE community that can help you figure out the identity that makes the most sense to you. So again, to quote from asexuality.org, there is no shame in identifying as what best describes you at this point in your life. So I think that's really key and, you know, applies to every Absolutely. sexual orientation. Yeah. Sometimes, like you said, you just, you're just not sure. And then maybe you were sure and people like, no, you're not supposed to be, you know, there's a lot of different things could have um, played a part into, um, and at some point when you feel like you now sitting in your truth, what, you know, you feel to be um, your authentic self, then, you know, your better identification. <laughs> Definitely, definitely. Okay, so going to uh, crushes, we talked a little bit about that before. Um, do asexual people have crushes? And yes, asexual folks can still experience romantic, romantic desire and attraction. Some asexual people can get married, they have long-term relationships, but again, they don't engage in sex. Others under the ace umbrella can identify as aromantic, but still enjoy sexual components. Um, and there's no one way to identify under the ace umbrella so yes you can still have crushes again crushes don't always indicate um everything about orientation but yeah okay and then lastly how can i be sure if i'm really asexual so again asexuality.org has a um a really fantastic list of questions that's where i kind of adapted these questions from Ooh, like a um, quiz. <laughs> yeah yeah and so you know <laughs> and they it's just a really great resource to learn like everything you would need to know about asexuality um so they suggest asking yourself a couple of questions to help you figure out how you feel about a the term of asexuality applying to how you're feeling so are you making choices not to act upon sexual urges or do you lack them entirely and does your lack of sexuality make you feel like you're holding yourself back or neglecting some of your needs? Mm -hmm. If it doesn't feel like you're holding yourself back or it, your needs don't feel like they're being neglected, um, you might be asexual. But if you're not sure, again, reach out to the ACE community. They can help you explore your feelings. Only you will know if you are asexual, but there are a ton of resources and a very large community that can help you embrace your orientation and where you're at on your personal journey. Right. Yeah. Which is awesome, you know, that we yeah. have all these new resources now that can really, you know, give you that guidance that you're absolutely looking for at a time where it was kind of difficult to kind of got to be out there on your own, but not in these times now. So. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's, I think, one of the great things about, you know, the younger generations that are bringing more visibility to these different orientations because I feel like 10 years ago, you know, when I would have been, I don't know, in my early 20s uh, or late teens, I don't think I really knew what asexuality was. Definitely not right. demisexuality. Probably just started hearing about pansexuality. Mm -hmm. And now, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot more resources. There's a lot more exposure. There's a lot more representation of these different orientations. 
um, in the media. And I think that's really exciting to see because representation matters. And, you know, if you are struggling to figure out, you know, what your identity is or seeing different, having that exposure can help you be like, oh, okay, well, that kind of seems more like where I'm at. And so, you know, maybe I can find out more, more things about it or reach out to that community. Um, you know, we didn't have these resources before. So it's a good thing that we have them now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Helps helping a lot of people. Definitely. All right, Lulu, do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up? No, you know, I would just say, you know, if you're not sure, you know, just who you think you are in yourself, you know, um, extend on your research, you know, um, ask educated questions. Mm -hmm. Take that time out to find out because once you do and you, you know, are comfortable and and feeling that sense of freeness in yourself, it's going to be wonderful. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, everyone. So that's all for this episode of Mindful Sex Ed. Thank you so much for joining us. If you have a question that you'd like us to answer, please email us at podcast at tickle.life, or you can reach out to us on social media. You can follow us at Mindful Sex Ed Pod on Twitter or uh, Mindful Sex Ed Podcast on Instagram. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening. Reviews on Apple Podcasts and ratings on Spotify are particularly helpful in getting us out there. Sharing is caring. So and it's free. And it's free. So please send this episode or any of our episodes to a friend. And lastly, check out all the podcasts on the Tickle.Life network and visit Tickle.Life for all of your mindful sex ed needs. Goodbye, everyone, and we will see you next week. Bye.